0: Hi everyone, Anna here and um, this is um, one of my recent podcasts with um, my great friend Sue and on this occasion we are talking about legacy. Of course, my legacy is centred around children and uh, my my great heart's desire, as, as most people now know, is to write lots of books, to put a production on stage, um, to raise money to help children in poverty, and and um, more and more and more. Everything is 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 child centered. But um, I just challenge you to think about your legacy in life. Now it might it might be to just, and I don't mean just. I, I don't minimise that, but it might be just to to say I was a good parent, I was a good mum, and or whatever, and, and you're happy with that. Um, successful in business, um, perhaps perhaps a fat bank account. <laughs> I don't know. But I think most of us, in fact, I believe everyone, was born for a very specific purpose. And we all have dreams and visions deep inside. Uh, We have gifts and talents. Sometimes we don't even realize them. Um, I I think there's something there where we can all do something very specific to make a difference in society. And we do make excuses, don't we? Um, I'm too old. I'm too busy. I don't have the money. I don't have the time maybe i'm even too young whatever i just feel that it's a shame that so many people don't realize their potential in life anyway we were talking about legacy and um have a listen to to how this conversation went and then um i'll catch up with you all later okay bye so i'd just like to read something to you and um You may have heard it before. It's a very famous quote, and I've actually got it on the wall in my office. It really speaks to my heart. Bearing in mind, I've worked with children for over 30 years, and of course you have as well. Um, The quote is by Forrest Whitcraft, who um, worked with the scouting movement, and I think he said this in in the 1950s a hundred years from now it will not matter what my bank account was the sort of house i lived in or the kind of car i drove but the world may be different because i was important in the life of a child Mm, isn't that lovely that is is,
1: it's 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 very moving actually it's very um and when we're working with young people we're constantly Trying to make a difference, aren't we, yes. to their lives?
0: Mm. Yeah. So, um, that I, I did a talk recently to a group of people. Um, I usually speak in schools, as you know, but these were... Well, they called themselves big boys and girls, which I thought was quite humorous. Um, they were all certainly into their th- 30s and 40s. Uh, they probably said that just to make me feel comfortable. <laughs> um and I was talking about legacy, what will your legacy be and, and I was using that as an example that uh, in my case my legacy is to, to um, have some impact in whatever way I can on children's lives. Um, and I just thought it be interesting to talk a little bit about what I'm doing in schools now yeah. and what you have mm-hmm. done with, mm-hmm. with your work in, in um, the secure unit over many, many years. So, is that okay with you? Yes,
1: fine. So, Anna, I'm really interested to know exactly what it is you do when you go into schools doing your author visits. (laughs) Because I know you talk about what some of the stuff you... the children you meet and some of the things you do, and I've read Mm. your blog, but I'd be really interested to hear more about it.
0: Okay. Well, um... Originally, I did start just doing author visits, which, when I say just, (laughs) um, I don't want to undermine any authors, but um, authors tend to go into a school and talk about their book, how they started writing, um, what's behind their writing, and probably read from the book. Um, And I started doing that a few years ago to to try and, and promote my uh, stories, me as a writer um, and it's developed from there and now I don't just do an author visit which may be one or two hours, I go in for the full day and I do creative writing with the children with mm-hmm. Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2 and I've developed a creative writing workshop now that is based on on my own experiences how I started writing, where my ideas came from, and how I began to develop my own creativity, which really is still very much in its infancy. But I relate it to the children and get them to look at their environment. So for example, when I was downtown in Mexico City visiting the homeless, I kept a journal and in the journal, I would keep a record of, of, I always say, the senses. What I felt, what I saw, what I heard, um, my emotions, um, the smells on the streets, etc. And as I'm keeping this journal and recording everything, I began to realise that a story was forming. And that's how I started writing. So I go into the schools and I get the children to think about their own creativity. And it, it, it's a change because the schools themselves have to concentrate so much, don't they, on on um, certain criteria that has to be fulfilled. When I go in, it's more relaxed. We just have a really nice creative writing day. Uh, I'm not there to teach teach English and grammar. I'm just get I'm there to just get them to think, so to inspire them. Yeah. in many ways. Yeah. yeah, and to think about the stories within, and and what what and, and I take props. I have lots of props that I take in, and. Um, you know they start out by being bewildered and thinking, "What am I going to write about and By the end of the day, we've always produced some wonderful creative work um, so so i like i said i I can spend up to six six hours in a school with the same group of children, so I can see something begin from the seed of an idea to fruition, which is lovely. Mm-hmm.
1: And the children see that too. They can see their yes. their kernel of a story growing into yes. something bigger yeah. um, with the help of uh, somebody like yourself, somebody yeah. who knows what writing and creativity is all about.
0: Yes. Um, I, I think t- to have something, a piece of work that's tangible, and, and, and they, they can. I, I make sure that they they produce something with a nice front cover and they can take it home. And either showcase it in school or take it home. Mm, mm. Okay. And uh, the teachers
1: must uh, enjoy the work as well, must enjoy.
0: Um, from a teacher's point of view, I always think it's a nice, relaxing day <laughs> <laughs> because they get to sit back and I yeah, do all the work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, So but, but also because we talk a little bit about Chavos, which is, is, is a, um, as you know, based. Um, on a group of kids who live rough in the streets, and street issues. In Mexico
1: City. Yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. but that brings in the kind of issues that you're dealing with, with your work. For example, abandonment, poverty, neglect, Mm -hmm. abuse, Mm -hmm. drugs, all the sorts of things that you will have been dealing with in in the secure unit.
1: And um, many of the children that have come into my secure unit um, very often are living on the streets or they're, they're frequent absconders who spend yes. a lot of time on the streets and, and like to think that they're streetwise and hmm. clever. And, and the thing is how to, to break them of that as well, or to to break that cycle of absconding. Um,
0: so what age group would come into your unit?
1: Uh, well, we could take um, age 10 to 17, but the majority hmm. of young people that came into us were 13, 14 and 15 year olds. Okay. So that was the the main uh, group that I worked with. Mm. Um, And I worked uh, doing individual therapy with a child. And Mm. then I would spend uh, time during the day um, working through therapeutically with them so that they felt safe, they felt there was someone who trusted them. But the main aim always was to um, apart from making them feel safe obviously was to, to find out what was driving them to abscond you see okay because mm. there's many issues and mm. each child is different each yes. individual child will have a different story to tell some okay. children were running from something mm-hmm. another children were running to something
0: mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and
1: the 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 idea really or the not the trick but the thing was to help them to un- identify mm. where it was they were going and what they wanted in mm. life, and and then to help them to articulate that to the authorities. You can't see me doing my little quotes, but yeah, obviously yeah, they yeah. were in. A, if a child comes into a secure unit, it's because they need a place of safety, mm. and that can only be issued by the courts. Oh
0: I see. So it's
1: very official the children are there under a court order Mm. but the courts Mm. then want to know what is making this child tick and do they Mm. need a further order Mm. or can they Mm. safely go somewhere else can they safely Mm. go to a foster care can they safely go back home
0: Mm. without um, them ending up back on the streets. So your children um have been placed with you and and our children probably with exactly the same same kind of issues that the children that I've met in Mexico City the only difference is in Mexico City they've run away to the streets they're living on the streets mm, mm. Um, whereas in the UK they would be picked up immediately and be taken and somewhere and given a roof over their heads and and they would at least be safe well, in that sense they,
1: well they could be but the chance of, uh, so often I came across 14 year old girls who had been picked up by unsavoury characters right um, were either led into a life. Of drugs and prostitution or um you know they were um uh, just picked up by men who wanted young girls you know so it it it, probably there are parallels between any big city yes um i mean we had children from all over the country so there was lots Mm. of inner city children from Mm. different places Mm. um and um they they often were very well groomed by right. um, by a man or a group of men, mm. um, and that's when uh, obviously working alongside the police because mm. Mm. sometimes it can in, uh, be um, come under their police protection mm. um, as well as social services. Mm. So yeah, it could become quite involved at times, but I'm sure that that would go on in, in Mexico City and, and anywhere where children are abandoned and on their own, anywhere yes. in the world.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean in many ways Mexico, um, I, I, well I went backwards and forwards for about 13 years and there was a huge amount and still is a huge amount of work being done to um, to rescue children.
1: Mm. I'm sure it's a much... Bigger scale. Yes, Mexico. of course,
0: that's yeah. right. I mean, there was talk when I first went of about 240,000 children mm. on the streets. Mm. Um, I don't think they were all living on the streets. They, When they talk about street children, some of them um, were working on the streets and, and hanging out on the streets during the day, actually had a roof over their heads to go back to in the evening. Um, but it wasn't necessarily a particularly savoury place where they were staying. Mm-hmm. Um, but the name street children is, is used loosely. Um, you know, um, w- one of the things that really touched my heart uh, was the number of abandoned babies. Mm. That was a huge issue. And, um, for example, the first time I visited Mexico, which actually the first time was in 2003, I stayed for three weeks and within that three week cycle there were 18 babies abandoned while I was there mm. um, and um, that's, that's horrific um, but it's interesting to see where these babies were left because quite often they'd be left on a church doorstep. Mm.
1: So they were being left somewhere where yeah. the mother, whoever she was, felt that they could be taken care of and looked after safely.
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Um. So the love is still there, isn't it? The care. Mm. Mm. It's mm. perhaps someone knowing they can't look after this child themselves, mm. but believing that if they leave them in in in, in a safe place, like a church doorstep, I'm doing it now with the girls. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that someone will, will um, find them a, a better home, a good home. Uh, I'm just going to have to take a, a quick break because my phone keeps ringing. Um, um, when the phone keeps ringing, it suggests that it is important. So just bear with me one moment. So, so um, just speaking of abandoned babies, I'm just going to tell you um, an interesting story um, it was a very happy ending. Um, and I also want to tell you about um, a little boy who ran away from home in, 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 um, in Yorkshire. Um, and th- these are stories that came to light through my school visits. Okay. Um, there was one school that I was in um, a few years ago and it was um, a very um, exclusive independent school. Um, I think fees to go there were, uh, well, let, let's just say, considerable. And I was, as, as I was talking to, to, to the, um, I think I was with, um, it would have been year five, year, probably year five and six, so you're talking nine, ten-year-olds, uh, and I mentioned, and I'm always very careful when I talk about issues, street issues, but I was talking about abandoned babies, And and children, why they run away from home, why they're on the streets. And as I was talking about abandoned babies, there was one girl, I always remember her. She put her hand up, she called me Miss Anna, very well educated. And she said, Miss Anna, I was an abandoned baby. And I said, right, okay, well, um, shall we talk about that later? Not wanting...
1: Yeah, the other children to hear, yes, but, but
0: clearly it was not an issue. and other children knew about this because she said, "Um, it's fine, it's fine." She said, "I was abandoned on a church doorstep in the Philippines."
1: Uh
0: huh. Then we're in new Yorkshire school now. Yes. yes. So um, I said, "Oh, okay." And she she said, "Shall I tell you?" I said, "If you want to, that's fine." I'm sort of looking at the teacher to see that we're okay here. Yeah. Um. And she said, well, my mum um, left me on a church doorstep in the Philippines. And she said, my new dad, um, who's a doctor in Yorkshire, he's a consultant at the hospital. He came with my new mum to the Philippines. They wanted to adopt a baby. And they saw me and she she didn't say exactly how old she was, but we're talking less than a year old. she said they saw me and and said we'd like to take this child this baby and and they were told well actually there are two there's another one (laughs) they're sisters they're twins and she said that her new dad said no problem we'll take them both and all the arrangements were made they brought them back to Yorkshire and here I was talking to them in an independent school, and I thought, oh, how lovely! Because that child, mm, um, mm. that I wonder. I mean, that mum obviously we don't know what happened to that mum, but she left those girls, those babies, on a church doorstep, and it, it had a very positive, and it worked out well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then another situation where um, I always say to the children when I'm talking about street issues. If ever you have a problem, if there's anything at home, if anybody's bullying you, frightening you, making you feel bad, if you're unhappy, etc., etc., go and tell a teacher. Mm. Um, And don't be afraid, there's always someone at school that you can talk to. And I always remember one boy in school, and and, and these things come up regularly when I go into schools, but this particular occasion, he was about nine and he sent them well I've run away twice and I, I thought this is a bit of bravo, a bit of you know, oh. yeah, talk up in front of his mates and he said no no I've run away twice and the teacher said yes he has. I thought all right okay and he clearly wanted to tell me that he'd run away twice um, for whatever reasons we didn't get into at that point um, but the police had had to go and search for him. He'd stayed out overnight on more than on, on the two occasions, they yeah. found him and brought him home, um, um, and and then he said, and then he went again, but then he decided to go back because he was hungry, and he knew that there might be food in the house yeah. where there wasn't on the streets. But clearly, this this was a nine year old with issues who kept running away from home. Mm, mm. And then, of course, it, it, it's it's on the school and social services and 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 and, and you know looking at safeguarding. why does this nine-year-old boy in a Yorkshire school have to keep running away and and dealing with it before we have a situation where he runs away and he doesn't come back yeah you know um, so these issues are happening now and i think it's worse now than than it ever was would you agree
1: um well i don't know I don't know. I don't know how far the, um, the these uh, records go back. But I would say it's always happened down history. If you go back to Dickensian times, that's why they started Dr. Bernardo's, because yes. there were so many yes. children on the streets. But probably if you're thinking about since the war, then I think you're probably right. Since the Second World War, there probably are lots more children um, on the streets in the year 2000 um, or, you know, 2020 Mm. than there were in 1950s, 60s, 70s. But why are
0: they all running away from home or why do they feel the need to run away from home?
1: Well, like Um, I said earlier, there's there's lots of different issues for different children, but I think very often it is problems in the home. Mm. And it could be any sort of problems. it doesn't always have to be fouled parenting sometimes it can be um, another member of the family uh, the um, extended family that may be living in the home or it can be anything really
0: so it comes back to education doesn't
1: it yeah and to children knowing where to go for help when mm. they need the help
0: mm. Mm. And, and what I'm finding now is um we have to start even earlier i don't think going in and talking to key stage two nine and ten year olds sometimes is the answer i think we have to be talking to the key stage one children oh as soon as they're in
1: school yes and and parents um i mean a, a good parent will school their child so to speak in in you know knowing their address knowing where they live and knowing to I mean I can remember as a child being told ask a policeman well you don't see many policemen on the streets nowadays and and then I was told if you see a lady in the street and you you're lost or worried ask a lady but then that isn't always safe either so um, it's quite difficult to know where where children go for help but I think the important thing is the schools these days
0: yeah, I mean there are helplines. I, I remember it, it's a little bit of a joke. Um, uh, um, I remember when my child, my daughter was growing up and if I chastised her and said don't do that, she'd say, um, um, well you can't make me, and and and, I, and and she'd say, and you can't smack me. And I said, I'm not going to smack you. And she said, well you can't anyway because I ring child line. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, and I never did smack my children, ever. No. Um, I used behaviour modification techniques, you know, with, with raw privileges mm. and, and, and all sorts of things. Um, but but I didn't get it right. I had lots of... Parenting's not easy, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Um, but, um, and I think one of the big problems today are mental health issues, of course, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Um, so it's, it's going back to education um, and working with them um, as early as we can and making them aware that if they're not comfortable, if there's anything they're worried about. Um, oh, I'll, I'll tell you one thing which is interesting. My little six year old grandma uh, grand Grandma, to me, my little six year old granddaughter said to me recently in her school, Um, I don't know how often they were doing it, but they were having mindfulness.
1: That sounds lovely, yes. Yeah, Mm. and
0: they'd sit quietly for a couple of minutes and think about nice thoughts. And I actually said to her, well, how do you feel afterwards? And she said, lovely.
1: (laughs) Peaceful, she probably meant by that as well. Yeah. Peaceful and calm.
0: Yeah, yeah. So... Um, I don't know where we go from here. Um, I think we're probably out of time anyway. I think um, you're you're travelling soon. You're you're heading down south, aren't you? Back home, yeah. Meetings and things. Um, And um, I think I've got one of my granddaughters coming round this evening. Um, It's nice for me to be at home for a few days, and then I'll be off again. So... I'm looking forward to meeting up with you again soon, whenever soon might be.
1: Yeah, hopefully, maybe next time in Spain. Do you
0: think so? <laughs> I think it's going to be in Spain, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe November time. Mm. Um, I don't think we're going to fit anything in in the next six weeks, are we? Because mm. we're in different places. Okay.
1: Unfortunately, no.
0: Okay, well... Um, it's been really nice talking with you so um, i'm really interested in the work you did in secure unit i'd love to know more about it mm. so maybe next time we can talk about that yeah and
1: i'm really interested in uh, listening to the work that you're doing um and also um it's been really fun going around york and uh, yeah. the hepworth gallery when we've had yeah. fun with the yeah. your reambo doll and the yeah. uh, yeah. taking her to visit these places so that children in your books can visit these places if yeah. they aren't going themselves they can get a good idea of what the places are like so it's yeah. been great fun
0: yes and I think we've both learned a lot as well haven't we yeah this weekend mm. so mm. so um that's it back to some I'm not saying normality because life isn't normal we've got so much to do um, and we need more time because we both want to write, don't we?
1: Yeah. Um, even though we love to talk, we
0: <laughs> do like to write too.
1: <laughs> and, and, and then and talk a, about writing. And
0: have a GT. <laughs> yeah. Which we won't be doing tonight because you've got a long drive and I've got a long drive later in the week. Mm. So, um, okay, well, take care, safe journey, and.
1: And thank out. you for having me.
0: Oh you're welcome, <laughs> so we'll, we'll
1: chat soon.